Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21 is where we're going to be. While uh, you Also, while you're... Uh, Getting to Matthew chapter 21, you may want to grab a piece of paper, something to make some notes. I'll be asking you to write a few things down while you're grabbing those things. Uh, Just a word regarding the offering, or a few words regarding the offering. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of you. You have been so faithful to give. Our offering continues to be uh, very strong, and that is really helpful as we take seriously Uh, the COVID-19 situation. Uh, We are trying to ramp up ministry during this time. We're partnering with some local agencies in our city, other ministries that are really doing a lot of really good um, outreach and care for our city. Uh, And we've been able to help them financially. Also, we've been providing meals for some of the hospital staffs and uh, some things like that. And we're also seeing an increase in needs now as this has happened for a few weeks more people are coming forward with financial needs in our church family, which is why we take that uh, responsibility very seriously. Uh, Most of the giving is coming in online. If you need help with online giving in any way, call the church office. We are still open, um, and we can help you do that. Some people are still dropping off checks at the church, so bless you guys. Let me just pray for, uh, for you and for the offering. Father, I pray for everybody in the Vineyard family that continues to give. Uh, Many of us, we still have our income, and so we're continuing to tithe to you or give an offering back to you because we just love you and we're still in a good financial position. Um, I pray for those whose finances have been hit by the COVID-19 crisis. And uh, Father, will you guide and direct them in financial decisions, open doors to ways that they can continue to provide for themselves and their family, and show us as a church how we can be part of your, your plan for taking care of people. In the midst of the offering, too, we hope you feel loved, God, as many of us give a portion of our finances back to you. Mostly, it's a worship offering to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So did you get to Matthew chapter 21? An uh, in initial idea today, I want to share a couple stories of how I had some great life moments that were not primarily about me, but I had great life feelings, and it was someone else's success. Uh, Let me try to illustrate that. Um, This has been a couple years ago. Our youngest daughter, Anna, uh, played uh, volleyball for quite some years, and she was playing on her high school team. And it was kind of a Cinderella story where she and her team, which came from a pretty small high school, and they were competing against a high school that's probably at least three times uh, larger than their high school. And uh, whenever you're going into a situation like this, typically typically (laughs) what you're thinking is, yeah, our team's going to get slaughtered. But they didn't. And so I still remember the, the crazy energy in the room and the cheers as like 
as they walked through the match and, and like Anna, our daughter's team won one and then they like won another and they had to win three to win the match. And by the end of the time, like the, we were, the other team was pretty disappointed. We, we, the parents were like cheering, yeah, this is awesome. And I told my wife when we were driving home from the match, it was just she and I because our daughter was riding the team bus. I looked over at my wife and he said, I said, this is the best day. This is one of the best days of my life. <laughs> okay, so it might have been an overstatement. But I really had such joyful emotions. And it wasn't primarily because, I mean, I didn't do anything great. But it was because of the cheers that were for my daughter. I've had similar experiences with my son, who quick story. We were playing a pickup game of basketball, playing full court in an indoor gym. And I don't believe in basketball gods, but if there were basketball gods, they had somehow come to rest on my son during this game. Specifically at one point where we were doing a fast break and I was, we were passing it back and forth. And I still remember he had the shot at the end and like he'd went up for this layup over the top of this other guy. And in my brain, I'm so sorry, I'm confessing it. Isaac, if you're I'm confessing. I didn't think there was any way Isaac was going to make his shot. But he did, went up like LeBron James went over and makes his shot. And at the, at the end of the games when we were getting ready to leave, one of my other friends who's really a pretty skilled basketball player said to my son, man, Isaac, you're, I forget his words exactly, but it's like, you're a phenomenal basketball player. My son's pretty good. But on that day, he was amazing. And I personally was like so happy for my son to get those accolades. I regularly feel those kinds of things for my uh, daughter, Leah, who many of you know, who leads worship at the church, and she does such a good job. So this, the idea is, I... As a father, receive joy and pleasant, wonderful feelings when my children do well and are honored. Now, I want to transfer that. Some of you know where we're going. God feels that kind of thing toward his son, Jesus. Just to be clear, God feels that kind of a thing toward his son, Jesus, when he is honored well. A few verses, John 5, 22 the Father judges no one, but has entrusted the judgment to the, to the Son. Look, that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. In Matthew 3, the Father's voice comes from heaven after Jesus gets baptized and says, This is my Son whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. And in Hebrews... Chapter 1, it says, when God brings his firstborn into the world, when the Father sends Jesus Christ into the world, it says, he says, let all God's angels worship Jesus. If you want a more confrontive text, in John 5, it says, whoever does not honor the Son. This is really important for those people that are out there who say, well, I believe in God. I'm just not sure, sure about the Jesus thing. It says if, if anyone who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. The Father's 
heart is deeply tied to the credit that people give his son, Jesus. So hold that thought. This is Palm Sunday weekend. And we are going to explore a moment. Oh, by the way, the, the talk. This weekend, next weekend, it's going to have very little to do with COVID-19. Is anybody, can we just take a break from that conversation? How about, you know, we'll have all conversations later today. There'll be all kinds of posting later today. But especially for the next couple of weeks, we are going to attend not to the COVID crisis, but how about Christ? Right? We're going we're gonna to specifically just focus in on something that is not shifting and changing and is not terrorizing. And not, we're going to talk about the amazing Jesus Christ. And today, we're going to talk about how to worship him well, with the, which doesn't just affect worshiping Jesus, but it affects the Father, and I would submit affects the Spirit. And so we're going to do that through the Palm Sunday account, which, in my opinion, is one of the best worship moments in the New Testament because it was kind of rare that a whole community would join in with such energy and worship Jesus Christ. So let's, let's visit the account. Um, so we're in Matthew 21 to set the scene. Jesus is entering into Passover week. There's one week before he's going to die on the cross. And in Jerusalem, where he is going to parade in, crowds have swelled in that community because of the Passover, probably to unusually high numbers because of all of the awareness of what ha is happening with Jesus Christ. And so likely Jerusalem may have had about 80,000 people. My numbers could be wrong. There were different opinions about it. But let's say 80,000 people in the city. On Passover week, they would have risen to like 120,000. So some of you can do the math. 60% something. Kind of an increase in people. So in this massive crowd, Jesus is fulfilling scripture. And from the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, it predicts that the Messiah will ride into town on a donkey, which is a sign, one of the signs of kingship and lordship. And so Jesus, in verses 1 through 4, have, Jesus has told his disciples, okay, go get a donkey and bring it back, and here's what we're going to do, and I'm going to ride into town, according to this prophetic word uh, foretold in Zechariah. So pick it up in verse 6. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. Picture this, everybody. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. 
When Jesus entered Jerusalem, this is one of my favorite parts. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, it says the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The title of the talk this weekend is Palm Sunday, a divine moment of worship. And what we're going to explore, I think, learn from this text, is a couple keys to how we can bring Jesus Christ more valid, wonderful, awesome moments of worship, which I would say this has had to be a great moment for Jesus and a phenomenal moment for the Father because they were giving him at least some of the attention that he deserved. And can I just pause, just do a little serious moment here. This is a big deal. This is a huge deal that we honor Jesus Christ. If your life has been changed, if you have been forgiven by Jesus Christ and have come to understand his death on the cross has washed us clean, there really is not probably anything greater than us honoring and worshiping him. In 1 Peter chapter something, 1, I don't have it for the screen, but it says, it's talking to Christians, and it says, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God, that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonder. It's part of our job description to worship, and I think there's a couple observations from this text that will help us worship well. Let me pray, and I'll give them to you. Father, I would love it if this week you would get an extra dose, just maybe hundreds or thousands of extra moments of worship this week because we are gathering to explore this text today. In Jesus' name, amen. Two observations from the text about Palm Sunday worship. The first one is this. Palm Sunday worship was significantly spontaneous. If you just, you know, just have notes there, just put, put down spontaneous. Verse 8 describes the spreading of the cloaks on the road and, and the cutting of branches from the trees. And the tradition, these are palm branches and they put them out there. Well, what I want to say is this, in terms of this being spontane, spontaneous, there was no pre-planned parade for Jesus meeting to get this thing going. Yes, Jesus knew it was going to happen, and Jesus told the disciples, okay, go get the donkey. There's a little bit of a setup there. But there was not, again, this Palm Sunday parade planning meeting. There's nobody, here's one way to think about it, there was no one with a whiteboard, an official chair of the Palm Sunday parade thing that would describe in numbers, okay, well, we need 150 people who will commit to walking in front of Jesus, and we also need a crowd behind Jesus, right? We need 150. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, there are too many people in front. We need people both in front and and behind. And, and what did I just say? Behind. What is that? I don't even know what that is. That's not a word. There was no meeting like this where they decided who was going to put their cloaks and in what order. 
make, does that make sense? There was no one who said, hmm, now next week Jesus is going to come and he's going to be riding on a donkey. And palm branches, which are a sign of kingship and lordship and authority. So someone get a hold of the florist. And we're going to have, we're going to need a hunt. We're going to need a thousand palm branches. If you want to read in John chapter 12, it gives us a little more indication of the spontaneity of the moment. It says that the great crowd had come for the festival. The great crowd that had come for the festival. Look, look at this. Heard that Jesus was on his way and they took palm branches and went out to meet him. You see that? Hey, Jesus is coming. Let's do something to honor him. Worship, folks. Worship, I want to say primarily, uh, often, times. Here's an idea. You can write this in. Worship is often an in-the-moment decision. It's an in-the-moment. Just write down in-the-moment or just circle the word spontaneous that you have on your piece of paper. It just, it just, it doesn't happen enough, but there are opportunities that it should happen a lot. Thursday morning, some of you remember because Thursday was a sunny day in Michiana. How many of you know like we write those down whenever it's sunny? So I was waking up that morning uh, and I had uh, late in the night, I wasn't sleeping really well and so I had moved out onto the couch which is in our living room and which has some big windows in it. And I remember I was curled up. Just picture me, you know, I've kind of huddled up on the couch trying to get a few more hours. And so this is, oh, by the way, I'm actually, I'm cuddling up, I'm, I'm huddling up on my table. So I was like, on, this is a couch. This is not a table, this is a couch, you guys. So I was laying on the couch on this end, and the sun was going to come up this way. And I remember as the, the light began to fill the room, it was so bright, I thought, the sun. It's the sun in Michiana. It's so, as I was laying there, and I went, oh gosh, it's going to be sunny this morning. And here's what I did. Ready? Spontaneous act of worship. So you know what I did? Just lifted my right hand up into the air. I said, Jesus, I thank you that today the sun is out this morning. It's like a seven second moment of spontaneous worshiping the Lord who created everything and was bringing the sun today. Spontaneous act of worship. Now, I believe this to be true. That the God of the universe notices when you and I pause and just acknowledge him. When we do, like, lift our hands. Uh, by the way, if some of you, if you're new and you don't know the foundation for lifting a hand to the Lord, if you want to read Psalm, Psalm 63, it says, and we will lift our hands uh, to him in praise or something like that. It's in Psalm 60. Look it up yourself. Psalm 63. It's not the only place that's mentioned. And so many of these opportunities are primarily opportunities in the moment. I want to explore a text uh, where I think it would have been a, a worshipful moment in Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus asks the disciples, Jesus has been with the disciples for probably about two years out of his three years of ministry. And, and here's what he, he uh, says. He says, who do the people say the Son of Man is? In other words, who, do the people, who are the people saying I am? And they replied, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus says, what about you? 
What about you? And Peter, I think fairly spontaneously, even though he had probably been processing this, it had been percolating in his mind and in his spirit, he, I think he kind of blurts out, you, who do, you, who do, who do people say, who do I say you are? I say you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. It's the first profession of face of faith that nailed who Jesus was. I think you're the son, I think you're the Messiah. That's who you are, Jesus. Now here's what I noticed as I was reading that this week. Jesus responds super super positively to this confession that Peter shares. In verse 17, 18 and 19, Jesus says, "Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, he goes on to say, you're Peter. On this rock, I'm going to build my church on you, Peter. And then he offers in verse 19, what does this even mean? I am going to give you keys to the kingdom of God. Can I paraphrase? Peter, that is a phenomenal answer. Here's the keys to the car. Here's the keys to the house. Here's the keys to the kingdom. Overall, it is an amazingly positive response to Peter saying, I believe you're the son of God, the Messiah, which came, in, it was an in the moment word of affirmation and praise to who Jesus was. It was in the moment. Peter hadn't earlier that day thought, well, I'll tell you what, I think later today I'm going to tell Jesus who I believe he is. Let me give you a couple hints from this idea of spontaneous worship. First thing is this, don't overthink it. You can write down, don't overthink it. Just respond and do an act of worship in the moment. Don't overthink it. When I was waking up Thursday morning and the sun was coming in the windows and I lifted my hand, just don't overthink it, just, I just raised my hand. I don't know, but was I in the perfect worship posture? Should I have sat straight up and put both hands up, right? Should I have waited until the wrinkles were out of my face? The pillow, right? Should I, what? What, what, what am I, just do it. I imagine that the people that were waving the palm branches were waving them in less, in less than perfect order, right? Get the prayer. We'll just wait. Should we wave them like this? Should we do this? This is not that much thought that goes into it. I wrote in my notes just wave your branch in the air and worship like you just don't care. Wave your branch in the air. Sorry, that's what came to my mind. Just wave, right? Just wave. Just go for it. By the way, some other things that I thought about, which are just probably not even right. I compared it to someone who is going to a basketball game and you might get one of those big foam hands that say number one, right? And so you're just, because you want to be seen by the team. That's why they do those things, because they want to support and, and give, right, applaud the team. So I just want to be a little higher than everybody else, so I'm going to bring my phone glove to the game. So people may have gathered, I might be stretching this, but when they gathered along the road, they were like, oh yeah, let's but I really want Jesus to know that I'm worshiping him. What can I do to, to get higher? Maybe I'm lifting. And they go, I know. Somebody grab a branch. And just wave it in the air. Just... 
Don't overthink it. Just go for it. And a couple years ago, I was with a friend, and we were at a, at a lake, and he went down by the lake to do his Bible time, and I was on this deck, and all of a sudden, I heard him singing, and it was echoing all around the lake. He was just singing a worship song during his Bible time. I don't know that he had planned it, but I bet God was looking down and, and thinking, look at, look at Matt. Matt is singing me a song, and it's echoing all around the lake. So this week, don't overthink it. Just get an impulse from God and do a, do a, just write in your journal. Like twice. Well, you say, no, I only write in my journal in the morning. Well, why, why, why? maybe at 2 o'clock you go, I'm going to find my journal. I'm going to write God a poem. I'm going to write a journal. journal. I'm going to kneel down and worship. I'm going to take a drive, just you and Jesus. I'm going to go for a walk with God. Don't overthink it. Another thing, a hint, is risk is part of the deal. Risk is part of the deal when we worship. In the Palm Sunday account, if you take your cloak and you put it out in front of a donkey, that thing may get pretty dirty. Not only dusty, not only hoof prints. Because, by the way, if you put your cloak out, how do you know the whole crowd, there's going to be, what was the crowd before the donkey? Is that 30 people or 300 people? Your cloak is going to get dirty, and the donkey may leave you a donkey present, because that's what donkeys do. There's risk in worshiping God. One other thing, actually, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep talking. So there is some risk, because there could be some people in the crowd that are going to come and say, what are you doing? What are you waving that branch in the air like you just don't care? What are you... People, there is risk that some people are going to look at you and question what you're doing. Can I give you just an idea? If you want to mature in your worship, if I want to mature in my worship, I will regularly remember, who the heck is my audience? Am I doing this for the Lord, or am I doing this to impress somebody next to me? Do it for God. Because then if I'm waving my branch and someone says, I don't, I don't like the way you wave your branch, you can say, I really don't care. By the way, you're not who I'm trying to press. Thanks very much. Have a great day. You just, wave, just wave the branch. You put the cloak out in front of Jesus. You kneel down and pray. I don't think we have to be jerks about it and, you know, call them names. Just, they just, but you just don't matter that much. Just go on with your worship. So Palm Sunday worship is significantly spontaneous. The other idea is it is connected to, I'm going to have you write down two things. Just write down confession, but lest we think, we're, we're not talking about confessing sins. We're talking about confession or professing who Jesus is. So maybe professing is a better word, or another word would be proclamation. Proclamation, proclaiming who Jesus is. In the text, it says... That the city was stirred and people were asking, who is this? And the crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth 
in Galilee. Now, we know he was even more than that, but they responded with the faith and understanding they had. And I noticed they didn't say, they didn't disconnect themselves from the profession, which they could have said, well, this is Jesus who some people are saying is the prophet from Nazareth. They said, they proclaimed, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. I looked up the word, the crowds answered. It'll come up on the screen. This, this was a great word for me to look up in the original language. It's because we can pronounce it in the Greek. The word is lego. Ha! We can say that one. And it says to say, speak, tell, command. It means to move to conclusion, bringing it to closure. My favorite part. My favorite part was it, it's... Saying it in such a way as to lay it to rest, to settle in to this truth. It is proclaiming this is Jesus. And let me just put it to rest. He's the Lord. He's my Lord. He has saved me from my sin. He is the creator of all things. He is God's one and only son. All those things, to say it because we know that it's true and we, and we put it to rest. And where we're headed with this point is when we make that kind of a confession, it often is an incredibly pleasing act of worship to the Lord. You know, there are a lot of people that are not willing to say Jesus Christ is the Lord. There are a lot of people also saying things about Jesus and Christianity and God that are so disparaging. They're, they're, is that the right word? That's a pretty big word for me. Is it disparaging a word? Is that, did I use it right? Yes. Right? They're, they're saying bad things and negative things. And they, they blame Jesus for things that, is not, that he didn't do. And they use God's name as a cuss word. They do all those things. And when we decide to honorably proclaim and share and speak out to lay it to rest the truth of who Jesus is, I am convinced God looks down and Jesus looks down and says, thank you for honoring who I am. Just simple proclamation. In Romans 10, 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth, by the way, the word confess there includes the word lego. It's a form of the word lego. Lay it to rest. If you, if you, if you lay it to rest with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Can I bring you a challenge in this? With the opportunities that we have to just confess and share and proclaim the name of Jesus, here's the challenge for you and I. You ready? Are you ready? This week, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Just, if there's an opportunity to say, Jesus Christ is my Savior, Jesus Christ is the Lord. You want to wear a t-shirt when you're going to the groceries. Just Jesus Christ is the Lord. Again, we're not primarily doing this for the sake that other people can see it, but primarily because God is the audience and we just want to be faithful in proclaiming his name. Silly illustration. If I'm out with my wife, some of you know my wife. Here's a picture of me and my wife. If I'm out with my wife and I'm walking through the store and someone says, well, hi, Pastor Mark, who's this with you? You know what would be bad is if I hesitate and say, uh, well, this, uh, this is, um, well, <laughs> some of you are picturing that. That might not be good for my marriage. Well, I don't know. This is a, she's a friend. 
No, that's my wife. She deserves the title, and she deserves uh, no hesitation when I say, this is my wife. I think there's some transference there to, with Jesus. Don't be afraid. It's an act of worship when we just say, he's the Lord of the universe. He's my Savior. He's changed my life. So the last question here is, when was the last time I declared Jesus' identity? How about this week? How about today? Post something on Facebook. Just humbly or not so humbly, just want to recognize this week, Jesus Christ. We are honoring his death and burial and resurrection this week. Let's put a sign out in your yard, or if you're in a conversation, uh, honor God somehow in the conversation by just declaring the truth of who he is. It'll be a great act of worship. So just to recap, Palm Sunday worship was significantly spontaneous and it was connected to confession or proclamation. And please do not tune out because we're going to give you an opportunity right now to engage in some spontaneous worship before we uh, disconnect as a church family. So in the text... The crowds gathered when Jesus was coming in on the donkey. And part of what they raised their voice to say was, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, which means save, Lord, or the Lord saves. And so we're going to sing a chorus. This has been um, quite a, I don't know, Leah, how long has it been since we've, we've sang this? It's been a while. This is an old chorus. This is back from the 1960s. Not really. It's not that old. But just a part of a song that uh, repeats Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. So wherever you are, if you're alone in an apartment, in, in the living room, here's an invitation. I know we didn't plan this, right? Let's just worship God for just a little bit as a church family and sing Hosanna to him. Are we good? My keys are not. Okay. Let's, look at this. It's spontaneous, so we weren't quite ready for the key. Look at that. It doesn't have to be perfect. Are you standing or kneeling or sitting or using some part of your body to worship? Hosanna. We love you, Lord. Hosanna. Hosanna in the as fast.
God that you want. You can say, I just love you, Lord. Thank you for salvation. We honor you in this house. I honor you this, in this apartment. You are my Lord and Savior. Hosanna. 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 You might get on your knees wherever you're at as we finish our time together. God, we don't have any, I don't think anybody has any palm branches, <laughs> but we can kneel before you now. Some will lift a hand. Maybe you want to put one hand on your heart and raise one hand. God, we just love you. We just take this moment to honor you, Jesus Christ, and we know that honors the Father. We welcome you by the Spirit of God into our lives for the rest of the day. And will you show us how we can worship you well this week? We'd love you to give you thousands of moments of adoration. And it's been our privilege to give it our best shot this morning. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.